This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Ben Wilmer and you are listening to Every Step Along The Way podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to yet another podcast. I think this one is uh, maybe the third or the fourth one we've recorded this week. Uh, and about well, by saying we, I mean me, and as always, my fantastic partner in crime, Mr. Buxton. Uh, Dan, how's things with you, mate? Uh, the Christmas day is approaching. It's very close. I mean, it was to be Christmas Eve, won't it, when this comes out? Uh, I'm very, very happy after watching Stoke earlier on. Not everybody is, it seems, looking on the socials. But uh, yeah, me myself, I'm, I'm very uh, encouraged by what I saw. Good, good. And I think what was probably, before we get into the, the game, uh, and there's, there's a few bits to break down, uh, probably worth saying that, you know, this, as I said, is what the third or fourth pod. Um, we, you know, I'm sure you must, some of you at least must be sick of hearing our voices by now. I know me and Dan are sick of hearing our own voices. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure a couple of you must be. But don't you worry, there's not many more to go. Um, now, today's pod, it will be shorter than normal. Uh, we're very much you know, aware that there's been a number of pods. Also, this has only been recorded a couple of hours after the you know the Millwall uh, nil nil draw, uh, so obviously we've not had a chance to watch back you know the highlights and bits like that to give you a bit more in depth. But um, importantly, you know Dan uh, is currently in the car right now as we're recording this, um, and uh, you know if it wasn't for I don't know other halves, all the partners breaking ankles, uh, meaning that Dan has to look after the rest of the Von Trapp family, uh, we may have a little bit more time as well. But um, considering he's he's very much got to look after the the crew. Uh, we'll keep it nice and brief. We'll talk about, as always, uh, the Millwall game. We'll very much do a bit of a, a very brief summary uh, around, obviously, the Birmingham game this week, and that will be pretty much about it. So we've got plenty of content on the on the actual channel uh, from this week. So just as a reminder, if you want to go back and listen to any of it, or, of course, you've been too busy wrapping presents uh, and you haven't seen them, we've got the Schumacher Insight and Analysis, so you can go back and watch that. Of course, we've got the uh, the podcast today, which looks forward to Millwall. We've got the Christmas special that we released as well the other day, which was really good fun. Uh, it's very much a more casual podcast, that one. You can just literally sit back and relax. No real kind of manager speak or anything like that. So uh, a hell of a lot for you to go and listen to if you haven't already. But Dan, nil-nil against Millwall. 
uh, Schumacher's first game today. You said you quite enjoyed it. What were the kind of key telling points for you? What what got you off your seat a little bit more today than maybe it did um, against you know a, a team that Alex Neal, of course, was leading just a few weeks ago? Uh, well, for a start, we had some shots and shots on target as well. <laughs> um, that, 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 that's been a rarity recently, hasn't it? Um, I think it wasn't so much stuff that got you off your seat. It was just like the the general build-up play. So, like, say you do had the ball on the left wing, and you're where it's usually, and I like the sort of left-back's place, and usually what would happen is he'd, he'd take the ball in, wouldn't he, and then he'd look, and he'd, he'd take another touch, and he'd reposition the ball, and then he'd decide off when he was done, and he'd turn, and he'd, he'd then with three or four touches, five, six seconds later, he'd play back to McNally. And then yeah. he would take it in and he would have a look around. And then he would probably go square to Rose after two after three or four touches. And then Rose would like roll across his body and take a touch, have a look around, see if who was on, decide not, go back to McNally, and you know, so on and so forth. Um, stuff like the what happened today was say the ball went out to Gooch, he would first time with fourth cut McNally out, go straight to Michael Rose. Go straight, like, first time, and then as the ball fell to Rose, then he would first time be hitting it straight into the midfield, into Bergen or Johnson or Loren. And then they would, like, be looking to lay it off either, either maybe, maybe, maybe even back to McNally, but at least it would be moved quickly. Or it would be played to another midfielder, just tapped, you know, five yards to the side. And then they'd be looking to go to, you know, Vidigal or Luis on the wings. Everything was done at a much quicker tempo. Everything was done with far few touches of the ball, far few time on the ball. So we actually manipulated and moved the like the ball around whilst the defence were and drag players out of position on the Millwall team. Um, so yeah, that's obviously after two training sessions to be able to do that bodes well for the future when you get some real you know, good blocks of training in with the lads. Well, that's it. You know, the, the more time you you know they take to move the ball around the more time that the actual players for the opposition have got to you know set the stall out and get themselves solid like you say you know you you keep pulling people around you you know you've got some good movement they can't stay in quite a, a rigid structure and that could very well be the actual ingredients which means that we could start breaking teams down who will just come here and try and sit in you know we will we will make them have to make movements so i think yeah it, it's good to see that and you know as you say if we're seeing that after a couple of games let's see what we can do after a, you know a few weeks and somebody made a comment to me earlier on uh basically just saying that you know it'd be nice if you had a few more training sessions before the games and you know what actually i disagree with that i think what we're going to see now, the fact that we've got, what, four games in about eight days, this is exactly what Schumacher needs. He's going to see the players who can play, you know, firstly, that many games, but he's going to see, you know, how good are these players? If he sees Johnson for four games and figures out that hang on, he's not really contributing, that would be the end of Johnson. And the same will go for any player. It's a real chance to actually see what these players do in an actual match day structure. Because training's all well and good. But, you know, like you, you, you all, I look at the video that we saw, and I know that's not going to be all of the training video um, anyway, and that's not the whole session. But as much as the movement's good, there's no pressure from an opposition. They are literally just, you know, working on movement and stuff like that. So, like I said to you the other day, 
this is early days. Whatever the result today, win, lose, draw, there's not an awful lot you can kind of put at Schumacher's feet. The one thing, like you said, that you can see, though, is that tempo, that intensity. And you're right. I think you need that in this league. Now, what we were probably lacking is that final killer pass. And that's probably simply been, well, we're not maybe used to working at this pace yet. So when we're working at the pace and the players know what's expected, maybe then those avenues will open up. But it, it just seemed to miss that final killer touch, killer pass, and obviously a killer finish, really. Do you know as well, what I think they probably are missing at the minute is a bit of confidence. Like, when they do get yeah. in front of them and get in that final third, um, Ryan Mike, I thought he played well today. I mean, again, I've seen some people really say he didn't, but I thought he put himself about a lot. He was getting pulled and pushed and banged around by, you know, a big pair of Millwall centre-halves. And he really, you know, he, he didn't shake a challenge. He kept going. And, and like I say, he got stuck in. And he got he had chances in front of goal. He was setting people up. He was dropping in. He was he was he did you know he, he really good sort of centre forward play for me. Um, and I just think the chances where he did get in goal, he just was looking for that. He didn't panic, but at the same time, he he did take you know maybe an extra touch trying to trying to find that perfect opening to have a shot. And then obviously he shot. I think he had he had one. Um, it was quite well, you know, straight down the keeper's net, but obviously he did well to say he, you know, he held on to it well. And then the others were sort of um, blocked out by these defenders. And you just think if he'd had a couple of goals under himself recently, he'd have taken them maybe a little bit earlier and just found the corner, you know, just hit the, hit the corner because he'd proven he can do that, um, I feel like, say. And, yeah, we, we haven't won in nine games now, so the lads probably are lacking a little bit of confidence too. So to see them pinging the ball around as they were was was encouraging. And you think, you know, what are they going to do like when they do get a couple of wins under the belt and they, their heads are up even more? Um, to me, it looked like the shackles were just lifted from them. It looked like um, that they, they were allowed to go and play that they were told that, you know, if you go and make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Don't don't fear making mistakes. Because a lot of the time they were giving the ball away, but then there was such a quick press around as well. So say the ball was played into um I use Gucci as another example. I mean, I think Berger was the best player on the pitch today by a million miles. He, some of the things he was doing, was he was absolutely reveling in this kind of play. He sat a bit deeper usually where Pearson did, and he just dictated the game. He was loving it. He was popping it off, pinging the ball around, left, right, forward. He was driving with it. He was, everything was positive, and he was absolutely loving it out there. You could tell. He, it was unfortunate he had to go off with an injury. Um, that hopefully doesn't keep him out of the, the Birmingham game. But, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, you could tell, I'd say, just how much he was enjoying himself. Um, and it, I, I did wonder whether, when when they had the summer recruitment drive and they brought all these players in, and I think they brought players in, recruited players to play this style of football, where it was high energy, it was quick. It, it was mobile because all these players are technically gifted that they brought in, aren't they? They're all players, you know, whether what you think about them or not, you know, Vidigal, Mai, um, John Ho, Haxamanovic, you know, all your attacking players there, for example, are players who would, you know, if you, the, the quicker you move the ball, the better for them. Doing, they, they are quite comfortable playing that way. 
And then I think yeah. they, they said to Alex Neal, this is how we want to play, this is how we're going to recruit. And obviously Alex Neal can't sit there and say, well, actually, that's not how I want to play. So has he gone, yeah, 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 that sounds great to me, but then struggled to coach them in that way and prepare them to play that way or or struggle to allow them the, the freedom to play that way? Well, what I thought was quite interesting today, Betty, is that Berger was being spoken to a lot by Schumacher. Um, you know, there was constant little bits of direction. And I, I can see, I don't know, obviously it's very early days. It's very difficult to judge anything right now. But I think if if Berger can keep playing like that and maybe being given that freedom to express himself and, and you know, Schumacher is, is seeing that, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts to try and build his squad around the likes of Berger. And and doing it down down that side of things because we know how Berger how good he can be, um, you know he can be sometimes he will float through games and you almost don't recognise him but he's a championship player it's going to happen no it, we're not dealing with world class players here you know we're we're dealing with you know just probably run of the mill off of them let's be honest in, in comparison to the Premier League players but you know we've, I think he's he's very much one of them players you probably could start to build a team around. Uh, I think Johnson, for me, by the way, uh, wasn't, uh, again, up to much. And from what I've seen from other comments, I think that's uh, something that a lot of people have, have said again. And, you know, I said on a tweet before we, we actually started the game, like, don't read too much into that lineup. He's obviously taken a lot of guidance and a lot of advice from the likes of Gallagher. Um, if Johnson's not good enough, he will see that and he'll be at the team. And that goes for absolutely every single one of them. You know, everyone's got a clean slate right now. So um, we'll see what happens over the next next three or four games. But I think whatever ha- does happen in the next three or four will probably dictate the team for the rest of the season in terms of its core starting lineup. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but you mentioned Ryan May uh, in, in that as well, Dan. Well, I suppose one question for you then. Is he a player that's going to go and get his, who's got the potential to go and get his 10, 15 goals? Is he someone that could lead that line in terms of that 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 one that one sole striker, and then obviously that I know we take te- technically play four three three, but he still leads that line generally. Is that the right position for Ryan, or would he be better as part of a maybe as part of a two potentially? I think he would benefit from having somebody close to him in a two. I also think he could play as a ten and play deeper, um, but I think he can also play the position he is doing, and he hasn't scored too many goals this season. Let's be honest. But at the same time, we haven't. It's not like he's missed a whole load of chances. We just haven't supplied them with any. You know, he's he's making runs. He's 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 in the in position to receive the ball and get it off. We we just have spent the last three or four months barely getting the ball anywhere near him, haven't we? Unfortunately, that's the problem. And yeah, it, now you know he's shown the chances he has got that he can finish earlier on in the season. Um. You know, you do. You can, you can find you know, the bottom corner and stuff. He knows where the back of the net is. So we've just got to supply him, I think. And there was a couple of chances today that we had. And like I say, I think with um, he could have obviously talked to two, possibly even three goals today if he'd if he just had a. Little, I think he'd just been a little more sharp in front of goal, maybe a bit more confidence. Then he could have helped himself to like I say a couple of goals. Um, another thing I want to mention that I was really impressed with was. was when we lost the ball, so we we were trying a lot of things today, like um, even the fullbacks and that. I mean, I, I know you're not as big a fan. I must say, Keanu Hoover had a fantastic game with right back. Um, 
he really, really did. He was, he was charging into he, three times. I think in the first fifteen minutes, he was like cowering headers, like against obviously Millwall, absolutely with to the point where uh, Zion Fleming completely took him out and was <laughs> a filthy challenge. It was, it was one of them orange card ones, you know, where it's like it's yeah. not quite a red, but you're lucky, really. It's some refs would have sent him. Um, and I think it was because that he was was getting nothing out of out of Hoover. He was, like I say, twice, three times. He was coming right over and you know, winning some real big, big leaps on him. Win some others. And I said, it's to obviously who I was with. And I was, I was like, he is not. I was like, this is not the Hoover that we know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He does that. What's going on here? I think he's really up for it today. Is um, it the Hoover of last season? Would you say maybe more? I'd say. Defensively, we've not we've not seen that Hoover before, and how up for it he felt. Um, mm. Do you so, think he feels threatened by Junior? Because I think you could say that Junior and Juno, when they came on, they probably transformed that second half quite considerably. But do you think he maybe? I think he's probably known about a bit. Oh, I say known. There's a a rumored falling out with Junior. Um, and Alex Snell, which was the reason behind it. If that's the case, he's probably felt very, very secure. Do you think maybe now, new manager, with no preconceived ideas, and you know, he saw saw Schumacher having a, have a chat with Junior at length in some of the videos and stuff like that. So I reckon that maybe it's all, all almost a okay clean slate. He's going to be after my position now, and I'm going to have to keep that position. So do you think that could be an element of it? Do you know what I think? We we even said while we were there, we, said we look a lot more solid at the back, even though we're taking a lot more risks. So the defence taking a lot more risks, the midfield taking more risks. The goalkeeper, Bonham was playing it out first time, you know, ball coming back to him, he was playing it first time. No, none of this sort of taking time, have a look. And it was just, you know, like 20 yard pass out to the full back. Um, and I was like, it's almost as if, given the opportunity, to go and express themselves and be told that if you make a mistake, it's you know, don't worry about it. If the opposition score, we'll just have to go score two. It's that kind of mentality. And giving them that freedom and then telling them to go and put stuff on the line, uh, it's allowed them, like I said, to, to actually defend better. So they have he's not thinking like I think the worst thing you can do to somebody who's got a Who's not as comfortable defending as maybe a defender should be is tell them do not make a mistake. <laughs> it's like you know, you cannot afford to make any mistakes. We must be really you know, we'll, we'll be really careful and we'll be really um, you know da- really I can't think of the word but like we'll be really careful. Do not you know do not give the ball away. Do not give them any chances. We must be solid. And for somebody who's that's not the best part of his game that probably just absolutely closes him up or completely do you know what I mean and that's probably why we're not yeah. seeing the rest of him now he's allowed to express himself a bit more he probably he's, he's been told yeah go out there yeah if you if we if you make a mistake don't worry about it you know you've got 10 other teammates who could bail you out and if they don't bail you out don't worry we'll, do, you'll do, we'll just go down the other end and we'll score two it's fine and giving him that sort of in the head he then can go out there and he he can you know he hasn't got to worry about the the backlash of a manager if he if he messes up. So it, it's so I think that's the benefit and it, it benefited all of them to be honest. 
Um, but yeah, you saw things like you know, Gucci letting the ball run through his legs, <laughs> stuff like you know, to, to try and get Vidigal in and missing passes. You thought this would never have happened two weeks ago. Um, and and but the thing was like it, it happened, and then there was a Millwall player stood behind him, and that Millwall player intercepted the ball. And but there was nothing because then the Gooch, there was Gooch, Vidigal, Johnson, bigger within within like a second, all four of them were straight on that player. And then he'd lay off five yards to the side. And then there'd be three or four straight players converging on him again and again and again. And and in the end, the, the, the Milder was punting the ball out of play in, uh, numerous times in defence because they couldn't cope with the press that we were putting on and how much pressure we were putting on them when we did lose the ball. And that's well, the thing, isn't it? You, your teammates bail you out. Well, you, you talk about press and the pressure we put on them. Uh, we had 19 shots to their two. Uh, unfortunately, only three of them were actually on target, which is a part of the whole debate around whether we've got enough quality in the final third. But yeah, 19 shots um, to their two. Absolutely. We've got 53% possession to their 47, 442 passes to their 393. Our passing accuracy was at 78%, which was encouraging. Um, and yeah, we only actually had one yellow card, believe it or not. Now, one of the other stats that obviously we, we need to work on this Um we needed to work on it all season. Scoring from set pieces, seven corners we've had to their one. Uh, I think we really, really do need to start working on those set pieces and making the most of them. In this league, we know that it's a really competitive division, so we have to start scoring from set pieces a little bit more. Um, what do you what do you make of the whole corner situation, Dan? I mean, set, set piece wise, uh, do you think again seven corners to their one? We don't seem to score many, no matter what, right now. Is that a confidence? Is that how we're setting people up? <laughs> it's funny. We were actually saying this. You know, obviously, when we put the corner, when we take a corner, um, usually it's either like, you know, left, hand, left arm goes up, doesn't it? Or right arm goes up, or um, both arms, and that's sort of, you know, the signal about where it's going. You should have seen some of the signals that were coming out with the corners today. They had... Um, they had uh, Hoover was making an A with like one hand, sort of like his second or third finger, his middle finger, his second finger into like an A position, and then the uh, the first finger of his other hand doing doing it across. So he was like lifting that up in the air. So that must have been like this is the corner we're doing. Um, there was another one where he bounced the ball twice on one hand, then once with the other one, and then put it down. I was like, these are like they mo- how many corner plans? If if these are the signals, how many? Different plans have we got that they're trying to remember it? So, so two bounces on the left and one on the right hand. So which, what that must mean it's going to go here, and we've got to run to there. <laughs> I was like, um, but yeah, it was just interesting. I thought, yeah, there's all these funny signals, and, and as it was pointed out by uh, somebody around us, uh, that it doesn't matter what signals it does unless you beat the first man. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the first couple of corners didn't beat the first man. Then he did get a sure. couple, but then. They were um, in and around sort of the six-yard box. The keeper came and claimed both of them. Um, and then, yeah, Haxabanovic, he, he took a couple of decent corners. Uh, one person who didn't take a corner was Bay young So we thought, uh, we were a bit excited, came over, got a lot of support off the boom end. You Juno, 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 all that going on. Proper psyched him up, probably psyched him up a little bit too much because he took his corner and it went straight across everybody out for a bounce once and went out for a throw in. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, too enthused. 
<laughs> think we think we maybe psyched him up a little bit too much. <laughs> so just to summarise, because we're talking uh, obviously about a nil-nil at the end of the day. So just to summarise that, I mean, look at them stats and looking at how things went. A really encouraging. Uh, second half, first half was a bit of a damp script uh, by and large, but second half, really encouraging, some good play, fast-paced. We very much should be disappointed to probably just come away with a, uh, a point from that one. Millwall would probably count, count themselves extremely fortunate to get a point out of that one. And, you know, we we can be relatively happy with, you know, Shuey's first first game. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's probably a good summary. Yeah, there was only one team who was looking to win it, put it that way, and that was Stoke. Um, yes. I would say that the old defensive uh, problems that, that seemed to hit us right at the end of games, they they yet again came about um, because uh, the, I think, was it 92nd minute, Luke McNally lets the ball bounce, then it comes down, and he tried to sort of hook it back over his shoulder, and uh, sort of players sort of ran across him, it fumbled and then that guy's one-on-one with Jack Bonham and now he's sort of running back after him and Jack Bonham actually produced a really good save. Otherwise, it would literally be the carbon, carbon copy of Sheffield Wednesday where we've given the ball away, last man with 40 yard yards from goal and he's run through one-on-one and slotted it home. So yeah, Jack Bonham did really well and deserves praise for that. Uh, but again, even when that, there was, you know, we were the amount of players swarming back. And it was interesting in the week Stephen Schumacher said that he wants his players to run as hard when they haven't got the ball as when they do have the ball. And it's just as important to chase it and win it back as it is when you've got it. And that was evident in that display today. Uh, but yes, that's a pretty decent summary. And before we uh, move on, man of the match, poll results. I know it's not been out for very long, Dan, but where are we sitting as of right now? Uh, Bonham is in third place and uh, Gooch is in second and a runaway leader, uh, not surprisingly, is uh, Walter Berger. I'd say he was absolutely outstanding. He looked like he was, um, yeah, levels above the championship on today's game. All right, fair enough. And um, we'll have an update on the man of the match and stuff like that, probably on on it. Pod and next week, next week or so, uh, I'm sure we'll get an update because I think Berger's had a couple of them now overall. Um, but that pretty much uh, ties up obviously that particular game. There's no news this week to really kind of speak of, uh, so we'll go straight into the Boxing Day game versus Birmingham. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
So on to Birmingham then. So we have been we have met at Birmingham on a hundred and nine times. We have forty four wins, twenty six draws, and thirty nine defeats against them. At St Andrews, we have twelve victories, fifteen draws, and twenty six defeats. However. We have not won on our last 15 visits dating back to September 1988. So, Mike, in your lifetime, we have never won at St Andrews. So I think it's time that we change that one. Uh, Yeah, Obviously, Wayne Rooney and Stephen Schumacher have never met as managers. So, yeah, there's nothing... um and also, um, Wayne Rooney has never managed versus Stoke. Stephen Schumacher has never managed versus Birmingham. So there's not a lot to go off there. Um, for, as for home and away records, it's not too great for Stoke. I mean, we've only got we are we've only picked up nine points away from home this season, which puts us twentieth in the away table. Whereas in the home table, Birmingham sit a little bit better. They're in twelfth place with nineteen points from eleven games. In the form table, now we feel that Birmingham are horribly out of form, but it sort of shows how, what a recent run we've had. Birmingham are actually 17th with five points from the last five matches, whereas Stokes at 21st with just three draws from the last five games. And we're obviously like nine matches now without a victory. If you, if you thought our record at St Andrews in recent times wasn't bad enough, the referee on this Boxing Day fixture is one Gavin Ward. He'll be loving the TV cameras on him, won't he? I think the last time he left us on TV, wasn't that the Huddersfield match where Josh Caroma sort of tried to decapitate, um, well, take not decapitate, but take out uh, Table Harbellis at the knee? Well, anyway, this season he's ref 15 matches. He's given 58 yellow cards, one red. Yeah, he doesn't like giving many of them, does he? Uh, and he's actually given three penalties. Uh, is There have been nine home wins, one draw and five away wins in that time. He's actually ref Birmingham more times than he has any other team, 18. Uh, giving them 28 yellows and one red. And he's given them one penalty against them in that time. Uh, whilst he's ref Stoke on 13 occasions, giving us just 13 yellows. Uh, giving us two red cards, actually, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, um, he's not very well liked in this box, but to be fair... Um, looking to talking to other championship clubs, I don't think he's very well liked very many other places either. Okay. Great, cheers, Dan. Very, very interesting as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend's game. To be honest, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting one. And um, yeah, I mean, Luke, uh, I've been having a bit of a watch back of the Plymouth and Birmingham game actually uh, after the after the end of the match. Now. Obviously, we've got Birmingham on Boxing Day, televised game, which uh, I always quite like a a televised Boxing Day game. I I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I know we haven't got a great record when the the games are televised, but but still, I think we've got a great chance of winning, if I'm honest. From from the the bits that I've just seen for the Plymouth Brum game, you know, they threw away a 3-1 lead, Birmingham against, what you have guessed it, Plymouth. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Plymouth should have won that game. Uh, and Birmingham were down to you know to ten men, fine. They went three one up, and Plymouth. I mean, they they pulled it back really good, but then you know they missed probably at least two or three like guilt edge chances to go and win the game. So I think one thing I took from that that Sanderson guy that we almost signed uh, before he decided to go to Birmingham, then he was he looked awful. I'm going to be honest. He he really did look bad. He gave away a chance, which meant that they basically got got. 
themselves back into the game. And uh, honestly, it was like the ball was rolling to him. He's completely missed, well, pretty much missed, kicked it and not kicked it at all. And it's gone straight through his legs, pretty much straight to Plymouth. And they've just scored like really poor. You know, they've made a mess of, an, of a few of them goals. It, I think for Rooney, it's simply not clicked. And whether it's a lack of quality, uh, lack of quality in the manager, lack of quality in the players, uh, confidence is probably definitely playing a part, I would say. But they Dan, they look so unorganised, void of confidence. And really, uh, for me, from what I, again, I've not seen them an awful lot, but what I've seen, they just look a little bit all over the place. So I genuinely do think that Birmingham are, are going to be there for, for the kill, to be honest, on Boxing Day. We put some pressure on their hours. They, they're going to be under pressure if the the thing is if Stoke go there and score early, then the crowd are going to turn on. There's going to be massive pressure on them. If they go one 0 up, even two 0 up, after what's happened at Plymouth, there's going to be massive pressure on them because they're going to think, oh my god, we blew a two goal lead, we can't do that again. <laughs> so really, there's a lot of pressure on being Stoke. Just I think if Stoke play like they did today and they just like I say don't give them anything on the ball. And I think what we've got to accept is as well that playing this way, the opposition will get chances. Millwall didn't have any today, really, other than a few set pieces. And that obviously is a big chance at the end. But like I said, they didn't really create much. Uh, but I think they were quite poor, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't think they showed us very much. I think their, their forwards are out of form. And I think that showed. But Birmingham, like I say, They've obviously scored three goals, so they are going to be looking at creating chances. I think it's Bakuna who was involved with two assists and a goal, so we've got to watch him. Yeah. I think, like I say, the way we're playing now, I think the opposition will get chances, but I think we will create far more chances than we were doing previously. And I think the game's going to be far more entertaining. Um, and we've just got to back ourselves to be more clinical, basically. And I think what happens is the more chances you do get, the more clinical you'll be. I think that's that's sort of where we're going with this, isn't it? Um, you know, the more conf- the more chances you get, the more confident you'll be when you get the next one comes along. Uh, whereas well, if you get one, you know, if you're a striker who gets one decent chance every three games, how are you supposed to get into any rhythm of, of confidence in front of goal? I think that's it. I think, you've yeah, you nailed it. So I, I think that's just it. If we put the pressure on, go at it as in we want to win this game. We've not come here to pick up a point. We've come here to win the game. I think that's absolutely how we have to have to tackle it. You know, and, and when you get chance, Dan, go and have a look at the actual Plymouth and, and Birmingham goals um, there. And for me, that's what Plymouth were doing extremely well, which obviously, you know, Schumacher is the one who's got them playing that way. And they, they basically put pressure on them, get some pace in and around them, get people moving, put the pressure on. And they just seem to crumble a little bit when when that was happening. So I definitely don't think it's a game where we want to to maybe sit off and try and hit them on the counter attack. For me, let let's just get in the face. Let's not let them settle. Let's not forget as well that they are on an absolute kamikaze slide. Like since obviously Eustace went and Rooney's come in, he's had a disastrous uh, tenureship so far and I'm, I'm I'm loving it, every second of it, uh, as you can kind of tell from my previous one. Uh, I just have got no time for clubs who do, who do what they did. So uh, for me, yeah, Luke, I think they will stay up for the simple fact that there are three worse teams than them, but I just think they are there for the kill. It, probably famous last words, they'll go and beat us now. But look, I, I, I'm not scared of Birmingham. Neither should we be scared of Birmingham. 
go there, full attack, pace, give everything. I mean, we've got to remember, obviously, there's going to be some changes because, you know, again, we've got what them on Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, we've, we've, sorry we've, got, we've got Birmingham then. We've got another game a couple of days later and then another game a couple of days later again. It's There's a lot of tired legs going to be in at that point. But I think Birmingham, the one place above us, we need to go ahead and, and we need to get a win. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think I think we should approach it as a game that we can win. Uh, approach it as a game that we should be looking to win. And like I say, if we can, I think the key again is having the energy and the press to really put them under pressure when they've when they've got the ball. Don't give them a moment to think about it. Make them play it early. Make them pass it off early, and they will make mistakes. That defence there will make mistakes. They will give you the ball. The midfield will give you the ball. And Christian Bialik got sent off today. He is a, he's going to be a massive miss for them in the in the midfield. I think you know he's a, he's an absolute key player. I think he's suffered. I believe he suffered some real bad injuries um, in his career and that. And it sort of blighted his time. I know he was at Derby once here and he did. You know he was a real key player for them. And he caught us on. I think he's out for a couple of years, basically, bar like you know one off one game or something. And he's been to Birmingham. I think he picked up an injury again. Um, so it's you know he's he's a key man for them. He's on his day as a as top class championship player. And so you know we need to take advantage of these bits of luck where things like he's not going to be available for this game. We've got Ben Pearson coming back. Pearson coming into that midfield is going to be fantastic because you're going to need fresh legs. You know, like I say, Loren, um, Loren played nearly 90 minutes. He came off with an injury towards the end. Um, you know, a, a Millwall, late Millwall tackle. You know, he went over his ankle. He, you know, he came off. Uh, Berger, he went down. He had some treatment for what looked like a bit of cramp. Uh, and then he went off. So, you know, they've run themselves into the ground can they do that again in three days? Well, actually, Ben Pearson can come in. So if Pearson can come in, then, then Johnson and John Howe basically played off each. It was like 53 minutes the substitution was made. So can you go with Pearson, Johnson, John Howe if Loren and Berger are available? Lewis Baker came off and played the last 15 minutes. So can Lewis Baker come into the side? I think what you need is you need fresh legs in that midfield and you need freshness up front. Haksimanovic come on and took the cobwebs off last 15 minutes. Um, do you start with him? Because then he's going to be, his legs are going to be fresh. You have to just keep running, keep running, keep running. When you can't come run anymore, then we'll bring you off. But that's not a problem. Whether that's I think 80, good. Minutes, 80 minutes, whatever, you just keep running. As long as, you, as, long as you're running, you'll still have leave you on. I think the good thing of what all those players, pretty much bar Johnson that you just mentioned there, we've, we're talking pace. I think all of them have got qualities and I think all of them have got pace. And I, I think in this league against almost every team, you, you need players with pace. You need them to be moving around. So you're right. The, a few of them have shaken a few cobwebs off. You know, it'd be great to see Pearson back. He just always gives you that solidity for me. Uh, so I think he's going to also, again, be keen to stamp his authority and say, I'm going to be playing in this game every single week. This is my place. And I think he'll be back to his best. I really do. Um, which I think is going to let the likes of, you know, the Haksabanovichs, the Burgers, if the fit, and, and, you know, Lorenz, etc., who's been very good, Lorenz, since he's come back, uh, you know, it's going to allow them to play. So I, I think he's going to be perfect for us. I really do. 
So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how this one goes personally. I think Haksabanovic is I really like him as a player. I think he went off the boil a little bit, whether that was down to fitness and carrying an injury maybe before it eventually ruled him out. But uh, I want to see him come back because when he's on form, I think he, he is he's a really exciting player. He reminds me of Arnautovic, he really does. And that's a very big I'm not saying he is on Arnautovic's quality by any stretch, uh, but he's certainly got a lot of qualities. So yeah, that's pretty much the uh, the kind of what I'm expecting there. But what we'll do now, let's just dig into uh, Mr. Graham McGarry, uh, Mr. Reliable Graham. We'll have a quick listen to see what Graham thinks about Birmingham City. Well, first of all, you positive predictors, it's a merry, merry Christmas to you. Let's hope your Boxing Day afternoon won't be spoiled when Stoke City make that uh, trip to the Midlands for their tea time kickoff against Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. Of course, both sides in the lower reaches of the Championship will be desperate for the three points. Stoke took a solid point out of the game against Millwall, while Birmingham were involved in a real humdinger when they drew 3-3 with Plymouth having led 3-1 at one stage. But Stoke City will hope now to build on Stephen Schumacher's first game in charge and build up to three points at Birmingham City. There's no reason why they can't do it. They just need a break in front of goal. I think they'll get it, you know. I think it's going to be a Boxing Day feast of football and Stoke will win it by two goals to one. Graham, thank you very much. So a uh, a 2-1 prediction uh, from yourself, which is really naughty because I'm going to be honest, you've stolen my prediction. I definitely think that they will score. I think they've got enough about them to score, but I, I'm very, very confident going into this one that we're going to, we're going to turn it on. I really do. So 2-1 win. I'm going to say a relatively comfortable 2-1 win. I think we'll go 2-0 up. And I think they will get one back, but I, I think we'll be solid enough at the back to, to kind of keep them out. Um, so in terms of my team, I'm going to go for a very similar team, actually. I'm not going to change anything overly dramatic. Uh, Pearson comes back in for me. I think that's pretty pretty straightforward, uh, very much to be expected. I do think that Johnson gets dropped. I think Juno comes in, very similar to what you said, Dan, you know, a few minutes ago around the whole, uh, you know, trying to keep some fresh legs. The fact that he's kind of played 45 minutes each uh, pretty much, I think that's really very much where I'm going with that. Whether I'm not going to... Is Campbell fit? I don't know if you've heard anything about Campbell, Dan. I, I don't think I have. Still out injured. Right, OK. So if he's still injured, uh, I don't think I'm going to change it any way other than dropping Johnson for Juno and bringing um, Pearson in uh, as well. So I think it's going to be pretty much the same. It's nice to see Simkin on the bench. I don't think we've got any other choice, but I still think Bonham keeps his place and uh, the back four probably keep theirs as well. So I think it's actually a a relatively straightforward decision. I, I do, however, think going into the next game, we will definitely see some changes, I think, for that one. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So, yeah, Dan, that's my team. That's my 2-1 winning prediction. What are you going for? I was going to say 2-1 as well. So, I'll have to go 2-0, won't I, I think. Uh, as for my team, I think like you, the, the goalkeeper and the defence will keep their positions. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me with Loren and um, Berger going off whether there is a big reshuffle in midfield. And whether you see Pearson coming in as sort of the setting, the number six, if you like, and then probably Johnson and Jun Ho in front of him. 
Um, I think that's a very attacking midfield, like the, those two as well. Um, but yeah, I think the more we can get Jono on the pitch, the more the, the better it's going to be. And I would actually put Junior in for Larice on the right. I would put uh, Haxel for Vidigal on the left and probably keep Ryan Mai, uh, let him keep his place for the start anyway, and sort of see how we go from there. You know what, as much as I've been calling for him, how the hell did I forget to put Junior in my team? Uh, oh, well, I've, lit, I've I've made my bed, I'll lie in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, I know what you're saying a bit further forwards. He, he looked a bit dangerous, didn't he, Junior, when he came on? So I can kind of see where you're going with that one. But I've, I can't keep going back on my team just because you remind me somebody uh, exists. So, uh, yeah, I'll stay with my team, but it's a great shout to put Junior in. I think he's going to be a potentially great player for us. Still, obviously, early days, but everything I think we see every time he comes on the pitch is just, he's just, he's oozing quality. So we need to find a place for him in there. Uh, 2 0 prediction. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I mean, you clearly have got a lot of confidence in the defence. And you know what? So, so have I. I've got a lot of confidence in the defence. I just do think they've got a little bit of something about them uh, as, as well, going kind of going forward. But as I said, I think they're very, very susceptible. At the back, um, pretty much everything from that side. I want to finish off with the Super Six predictions, if you don't mind, Mr. Buxton, especially because this is probably the best I've ever done on a Super Six prediction in all the years I've been playing it. So, um, you finished off the day with seven points, uh, not too bad normally, mate. That, that's that, that's normally about right, isn't it? We normally get between seven and 11, I'd say, is our average. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy to to rub in the fact that I got a a lofty 17 points. I was absolutely, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I, I could not believe it as, as it was kind of coming in. Some of the points as well, I mean, Fulham, I had obviously to, to win, they didn't win. I had Newcastle to beat Luton, obviously they didn't win. So I would have been really, really close as probably a few other people would have going over the 20s. But I got 17 points. I got the uh, 2-1 prediction exactly for Everton. As I said, the two uh, I went for 2-1 for Bournemouth to beat Forest, the 1-3-2. I got the 3-0 correct for Leicester against Rotherham and the 1-1 correct for Liverpool versus Arsenal. So I'm going to take that all day long because I'll probably never do that again now. So the top three, if you like, for the actual whole round this week, Adam Ryder, a very brilliant 19 points. As I said, I came in second with 17 points, along with Adam Newton, Sean Sumner, Gordon Heathcote, and Philip Kelsall. And then there's three people in joint third, Sean Flanagan, Nathan Brown, and Julie Blood, all with 15. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of high-scoring points this week. There was a lot of people who were in double figures this week. So, um, not bad at all. I think I was five, there was five points behind you, I think, was last week, Dan. So uh, that's yeah. give me a nice little head start. But we we both know how this changes. Next week, it will flip on its head and you'll be getting 17 points while I get seven. You can see it coming. So I think that's pretty much it. I guess there's no gaffer update yet. You probably haven't had a chance to check. If you could just let me know when that week is and then I can stick a bet on it as well while I'm at it. <laughs> yeah, well, that is, a, that is a one-off, genuinely. It's a one-off. I've never come close. I think the highest I may have got in the past was either 12 or 14. So I'll take 17. I'll rub that in the salt, you know, rub that salt in the wounds uh, because I'll probably never do it again. So uh, either way, it keeps it really interesting. We're halfway through the season and there's probably next to nothing between us. So, um yeah, really enjoying it. 
as I say, no no gaffer update for you, I take it. You, you probably haven't had a chance to check yet. No, I don't think it's the man over updated about thinking about it overnight. <laughs> okay, no worries. Well, we'll get an update anyway on a future pod. So, Luke, I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, there's going to be a shorter one this week. Uh, we'll be back as as obviously as always uh, with you know, normal kind of schedule. But like I said, I mean, thanks for everyone who's been listening over this Christmas period. We know there's been a lot from us. We we always promise we'll never miss a game. Uh, we've never done it in three years, and we don't really plan on starting now. So, um, hopefully. As much as I say, hopefully you all appreciate <laughs> all the time and effort we've put in over this Christmas period. It's been tough going, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Dan's calling for an international break uh, to be introduced into English football. I'm not quite sure you're going to get it. Um, but yeah, Luke, everyone, thanks very much. Hopefully you all enjoy a really, really good Christmas. I, I know that, you know, it, we've talked about presents and stuff, and I know that's what we're all looking forward to as well. But just remember, family means a lot go and enjoy the game go enjoy your boxing day um, and hopefully we'll come away with three points away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.